beginning. Welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. My name is Sean Ram, alongside, as usual, Dr. Joshua Black. And here we are today. We get to interview two interesting ladies who have their own thing going on. So we have with us Rachel Leoman and her cousin, Hannah Brown. And they created the podcast So Dreamy, which is on Twitter and Instagram at So Dreamy Snack. And that was the intent of creating a safe and fun place for dreamers to share, hear, and discuss dreams of all kinds. Uh, Rachel has been interested in dreams for as long as she can remember, and she lives with her husband near Chicago, Illinois. Hannah is an independent podcast host, editor, producer, and as well, she's a dream enthusiast. Um, and she lives in eastern Massachusetts with her husband, Ian, and uh, her two cats, Handsome Jack and Squeaks. You can hear Hannah talk more on her other podcast, Way Too Broad. And you can see her talk more on Twitter and Instagram at Hanthropology. Did I say that right? Hold on. <laughs> Hanthropology. Yeah, I think so. What do you guys mm-hmm. think? Did I say that right? Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. So it's at and then uh, H, and then anthropology. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Great to be here. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, ladies, it's uh, it's amazing, like, of what you're doing, even just talking about dreams. I uh, found you guys just randomly or something. I forget how that happened, but I'm a big fan of what you're doing and, and shedding light on dreams. I know there's not a lot of podcasts. I think you might be one of the only ones that actually focus on dreams in general, just talking about dreams in general. I know there was a bunch prior to us starting, but they didn't actually, uh, I guess, survive the test of time. So it's nice how you guys picked up the reins and are doing something that I think a lot of people do want to hear about and talk about in a safe setting. And you guys really do a a great job at that. Thank you. Thanks. That's really nice to hear. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no problem. That's how we start the show. <laughs> Make the front of you guys up. All right. So uh, I, my question is, like for me, like I didn't value dreams until I was probably just finished high school. And so for you guys, when did uh, you guys start valuing dreams? So I'll first go with uh, you, Hannah. When did you f- first start you know, finding dreams sort of important or something that you could talk about? Wow. Gosh, that's a really... That's a good question. And I was thinking about it because you mentioned you were going to ask us and I can't remember not being interested in dreams ever. Like I, I remember very well that when I was younger, I would remember a lot of my dreams. Like I would vividly remember most of my dreams when I woke up in the morning, most every day. I don't know if it was most of my dreams, but I would go, you know, out to breakfast and tell my parents all about them. And they would be like, "Mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they, they didn't really care, but I just thought it was so, I just think it's the cool. I still just think it's the coolest thing. It's just exciting to me that we just like, we just have this, this, these like vivid hallucinations at night, or maybe they have more meaning than that. I mean, we've explored through the show, I think a lot of different approaches to what dreams could mean or what they could be for or all that kinds of stuff, which has been really exciting to get it that in depth on it. But even just at the surface level, I just think it's really cool and exciting. The things that your mind like comes up with at night. So I've always been really into it. I've always been someone who's like more than willing to hear other people's dreams. And, and it's, it's never been that easy to find other people that, that feel that way about them. (laughs) Um, So when Rachel, like I mentioned it on my uh, podcast, way too broad and Rachel listens to that because she's my um, cousin also. And she, so she like reached out and was like, I also love dreams. And so we started sharing them. 
<laughs> that's funny that's good well it's good and it's interesting how your parents weren't like that supportive right like they weren't saying like what's your dream you're you're the one telling them almost yeah they did not they did not care at all <laughs> do they care do they care now <laughs> um we've had my dad on as a guest uh, on the podcast um and he was he had a lot of interesting things to say i think he had a good time as a guest but and i also learned like when he was uh, before i was born he like wrote a couple of short stories that were based on dreams that he had like he had an interest in dreams at a time in his life but i guess not in his child's dreams when i was younger and then <laughs> and i don't think he listens regularly <laughs> to our podcast so i guess uh no but they're happy for me you know that i found people that that care about it <laughs> that's sweet that's really sweet so do you have a lot of other friends that you know want to talk about your dreams or is it like the the podcast for you a way to talk about dreams to like the general audience because there's not many people around I think for um, Rachel and me both, we happened to marry people who did not care about dreams at all. And so that was like a huge impetus for us to, st to start talking to each other about dreams in the first place. Just because like, like I can tell, I mean, he'll listen to me, but he's not my husband, but he's not going to like have anything to say about it. And Rachel has lots of feedback on, on all of my dreams. So we started talking that way. As far as friends, like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys, if any of anybody else experiences this, but like, I feel a lot of pressure to keep my dream stories short when I'm telling my friends about them, because I'm very cognizant of like, that the sort of cultural sense that everybody thinks dreams are boring like as much as i disagree with that it's in the back of my head you know so it's been really fun through the podcast we've made a lot of friends who listen who who care about dreams obviously and that's been tremendously fun and exciting oh that's amazing it's yeah. it's funny too how you sort of you shorten them you just give them almost the juicy tips rather than <laughs> like share the whole dream itself and so uh Rachel, so how did you get into uh, into dreams? Was is it the same kind of story, or was it a little different? Oh man, it's like almost the exact same kind of story. So, but yeah, I think Hannah and I feel very similarly about dreams, and I guess my experience has been also I, I don't remember a time where I where I didn't think about dreams or or find them interesting or remember my own very vividly, and I also don't remember a time where there was anyone who was particularly interested interested in listening to them. Like I had my sister who for most of my childhood was also my roommate who I think listened to him every once in a while and, and you know, maybe friends and family. But no one as no one as interested as I was. I and I always loved listening to other people's dreams and it just never got old for me. But I think I don't know, dreams are this weird thing where like, it's funny, even even Hannah's dad, who, who came up, my uncle, who came on our show to, to talk about his experience with dreams and the stories he wrote. Like, I think dreams can be interesting to individuals, but there's something about listening to other people's dreams that's like a very unique trait. <laughs> like, I, I'm not sure that there's that many people who really enjoy listening to all the details of other people's dreams. I mean, maybe us four talking right now are, are some of the only people who really truly like it and and through so dreamy we found we found a good amount more but it, it does feel like I don't know I guess I've encountered a lot of people who who love maybe 
talking about their dream, but then it's like their eyes glaze over when it's time to listen to other people's details and like from their own dreams. And so that that's part of why I've been so excited to, to make So Dreamy because I know there's people out there who are like me. There might be, there might not be a huge population of them, but I know there's people who really do like talking about dreams and listening to other people's dreams and just kind of reveling in how amazing it is that, that our brains make, make these things while we're sleeping. So, um, but yeah, really similar to, to Hannah's experience. Yeah. I think uh, like in my own experience, I feel like it, it really, it depends on kind of definitely the environment growing up. Like, I was lucky. I was fortunate that my parents, especially my mom, maybe not so much my dad, they they took them seriously and maybe sometimes too much where they'd read too much into it. So I'd have to not tell them certain dreams because I, I, I would get a, I would expect a certain reaction from my mom like, oh, really? Oh, this means this. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but they they definitely took them seriously because my even my parents, my mom, uh, she even even now she's she still dreams a lot and dreams of the deceased a lot. So uh, I think she always fostered that in me where that for me to kind of pay attention to them and not, you know, take them as uh, something to be kind of just take it for granted. Um, but I have the same experience you guys have where like kind, kind of like normal society, your friends around you sometimes, sometimes you meet those people and then they give you the, as you're telling, as you're telling the dream, you look at their eyes and they might like, they shift their eyes or looking at something else. So they glaze over and they're like, Oh <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think when you have a dream, I think there's so much in there, like a, like everything's compacted in there and the feelings are so strong. But when you go down to describe it, I think it's not going to match the emotions that come with it. Like I'll tell Josh sometimes in the morning, I had one the other day, Oh, I was at my house, my old house. And you know, my, my, I was worried about my dog and he got hurt and whatever. And the emotions that I know, the emotions attached with it and what I was going through and what kind of old house means to me. And this means to him, but like, it must've been like a boring thing to go tell someone. Luckily he's pretty open to hearing these things, but mm -hmm. if it was someone, you know, my neighbor next door, he might've been like, yeah. And what? Okay, great. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I will just, I, I'll just add one other thing. My mom, who I'm sure we're going to talk about more at some point today. Uh, she, she passed away when I was a teenager and she was very much into dreams too. And so Honestly, I don't remember any specific conversations with her about dreams, but I've been reminded recently from some different family members about like how interested she was in dreams and how she always remembered them and how she told everybody about them and uh, not everyone always wanted to hear. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it has been interesting kind of being reminded that, that she was a dream enthusiast as well and had kind of a similar experience to, to what we do now with just kind of how we really feel dreams are really exciting and, and not everyone else does. And that's okay, but that's kind of how it is. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's something to do with our culture. Cause I know other cultures, they actually make a point of talking about it in the morning. Like it's the, you know, morning kind of talk over coffee. And then, you know, at night at dinner, they talk about the day. So, you know, it's just something to do with our culture and how we don't value dreams. You know, like really the first time I heard about even research with dreams, was in third year university. So, 
you know, a lot of people don't even go that far and you have to go into like, a, and not every university actually has a course on dreams. So, you know, I think it's just, there's a part of our culture that is still is, you know, just, you know, pushes away. I think more because they don't understand it. And when they, people don't understand stuff, they'd rather just push away. I know for me growing up, like my mom and dad were both very religious and I would have a lot of nightmares as a child for many reasons, probably because it was an unsafe environment. <laughs> mm. But um, they would always state that it was the devil, right? So I was very afraid of dreams. And because of that, you know, like I'm guessing a lot of my dreams were negative, but I also didn't want to share them. Um, and if I did have dreams, maybe I didn't want to remember them, right? It's, it's not something you want to say, hey, the devil visited me last night. <laughs> what happened to you guys? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and yeah. so I think a lot of this, you know, a lot of misperceptions on dreams um, has filtered through. And so that's why I think, you know, it's great on what you guys are doing on just opening the door to on a safe conversation about dreams that people can have. Because you don't really go into really the interpretation per se. You guys really talk about like the details or I wonder what this felt like for them or I wonder, you know, like you have a lot of questions about dreams that people share to you, which I think is really cool. And so why did you guys decide to do it that way? Well, I think partially it was because, I mean, I think it, coincidentally, Rachel and I both do have minors in psychology, but like, we're not like, we're not, we don't believe ourselves to be experts. So we didn't want to like ever make anybody think that if they sent us their dream, we were going to come back to them with like an expert analysis of exactly what it meant and help them change their lives or anything, you know, like we, we just wanted them to feel like you said, I think that's a really great way to put it uh, like that. It was like a safe, comfortable space for them to just have an outlet to tell their dreams. That's why we started, you know, we even started like a, a hot, like a hotline for, for dreams. So, you, so we have people who call and just leave us voicemails in the morning, which kind of has to do with the way that we, we started it where I've never been great at keeping a dream journal. But when I started making audio recordings for Rachel and she was doing the same for me, that really helped us to actually do it because we didn't have to like sit down and, or keep a notebook and actually be able to find the pen in the morning and all that stuff. So it was really just kind of because that's how I think that's like a lot of what people don't talk about with when they talk about dreams is either they, they don't talk about it at all or they, or they just are like, I wonder what this means. And like, that's, that, that is really interesting. And there are lots of meanings to be found in dreams, I think, but there's also like, uh, the whole story of what happened and there's like often a lot of fun to be had in talking about that stuff and that's what pe sometimes people want to talk about when they wake up in the morning they don't want to talk about necessarily what it what it meant for their life as a whole they want to do that later but first they want to like tell you the silly thing that just happened to them so i think that's really interesting what you said about other cultures talking about their dreams in the morning and their days at night. Like imagine if every morning over breakfast, everybody just was like, Hey, how was your night? Like the same way that they're like, how was your day? That would be, that's, that's so cool. It'd be a healthier society for sure. Yeah, I think. And I was just listening to what you guys were talking about. And it just seems like that in the act of sharing, there's that, there's a therapeutic element there that, that you guys really hit on, you know, and that, that, that seems to be, uh, maybe not as important as as a person kind of hashing it out, but during that process, they get the opportunity to hash it out themselves as they're you know kind of telling it to you and and going it over going over it in their head because like normally you know like I had a you know I had tons of weird dreams you know 
this past this morning. And it took me a while. First of all, they, they were way too confusing for me to even make sense of them. But like, you know, as in the morning, I'm going over it and I'm trying to, you know, piece together these little things and be like, oh, oh, and then this happened. Oh, yeah. And that happened. But like, you know, there, there's a certain type of um, therapy there. And then, you know, I would imagine, you know, then going ahead and talking to someone about it and sharing it with other people, if it was something more profound, more significant than what I had then that would be something of very of value to people to act alone, you know, rather, you know, rather than the result, you know, we are, we're so focused on, well, what does it mean sometimes? But like, I think like there's so much value in what you guys do and in, in just extracting it with the person themselves. I think you're totally right. We, cause Rachel and I, especially earlier on in the podcast, we did a lot of our own dreams on the show just cause we didn't have a ton of submissions yet. And cause as Rachel said, everyone likes talking about their own dreams and and just hearing Rachel react to my dreams, like the things that I said in, it, about my dreams often was enough to like open up a new line of thinking for me about what what it could have meant. Like we didn't have to be having a direct conversation about what it meant, just the things that jumped out at her or the things that she interpreted one way and I interpreted another sort of just made me think differently about dreams. And there's been, there's certainly been lots of times where we've, like I, when we're listening to dreams, I take notes on them and, and then, you know, we'll go back and start sort of revisiting through the things I thought were interesting about it. And Rachel and I will pick out different things and just having someone else like he, hear and, and give back to you what they think they just heard um, can often open up like different, different areas of things. And hopefully that happens too for people, even when they're not like on the call when we're doing it, like when they're listening to us talk about a dream, we don't have to be giving expert analysis to maybe give them something else to think about from that dream. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of sharing and talking about a dream is you can provide different perspectives without really even having to say what it means and just shift for that person mm -hmm. a little bit for them to gain some further understanding if that's what they're they're looking for. I know there's some people out there, actually, I know there's a lot of people out there <laughs> that they have this dream, they they feel dreams are meaningful, and then they sort of look online to see what that, let's say that red bird means in their dream. What do you guys think of that? Do you think that's like productive in trying to find the answer? Because I know there's so many different websites, dream dictionaries, and they're all saying different things. Yeah, I think baked into the, the way that we approached or have our, approached our show so far is a healthy skepticism, I would say, with the idea of like very specific dream symbols like that. We, we talked a lot early on in our show about like if you see a red bird, oh, it means you're going to have two kids and live by the ocean. Like there's some very, really prescriptive information out there that I think Hannah and I both are, are a bit skeptical of, and, and I think it is because we have a, we have an approach that's very like, we don't want it to be rigid in terms of like, there isn't necessarily one right answer in terms of what a dream means or what an, or what a specific aspect or symbol within a dream means. I, I, I think there's probably a lot of different things it could mean. And a lot of times it's, at least in my opinion, it feels to me like it's most likely that the dreamer themselves is is the holder of the meaning and not necessarily some other expert outside of them or 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 
a, a dream symbol book, although those things can help you, those things can help you think about it differently. Like Hannah was saying, like hearing different people's interpretations kind of helps you think about it differently or, or reveal something to you that you weren't thinking about before. But I, I think it, it's good to have kind of a healthy skepticism around, like if you're looking for what something means or what, for what your dream means, the answer, again, at least in my opinion, the, the answer is, is probably not outside of you. Although things outside of you can help you see it. Well said. I like that. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, because like this one of the things like I hear a lot about, and people say stuff, and they always tend to go towards the negative meaning of different symbols. Almost like even like with astrology, like some people say, "Oh my God, you know, something bad's going to happen to me this week." I'm like, "Calm down, <laughs> calm down." <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like there's there's a I think people need to understand there's a these symbols are are a way of themselves talking to themselves and so the other people that's their way of what those symbols mean to them and i like how you said it allows people who are new to start understanding how what symbols can represent and so mm -hmm. to sort of make those connections because they're not taught that either so it's hard for people to imagine what a red bird would be um, just on their own and then once they sort of can read that a little bit more they can say oh, okay how could that pertain to my life in the sense of when when have I seen red birds before? What does that represent? What does a red bird, you know, represent kind of thing? And what am I going through in waking life? Because one of the things that, you know, dream research, which I'm, I'm grateful for, there's research on dreams. Um, it, it really states that dreams represent our waking life. So it's just like, can you connect the dots from what you're going through in waking life to what's going on in your dream? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's sort of the uh, the task at hand. But you said, like, there's many different ways to interpret a dream and they all can give you great results. So so I'm really happy you have that perspective. And that's why I think your show is so great, because um, you aren't trying to say this is what it means or this book says this. So it must mean this. You're you're just talking about it and you're doing your thing. So I'm, I'm curious, um, what was one of your more silliest dreams that that you remember? Silly or memorable? <laughs> OK, <laughs> not um. not not a grief dream. From the show or from ourselves? From yourself. Okay. I have one actually. It is from our show, okay. but it's also from myself. I was just listening to it <laughs> yesterday because I, I was going through, I was going back through our backlog to sort of try to see where we've talked about grief dreams before. And I noticed the outline for one of my, like the description of one of my dreams looked completely unfamiliar to me. So I went back and listened to um, the dream itself. It was from last May. And that, actually, this is sort of a, an, an aside, but I think it's also really interesting now that I have all these recordings of my dreams. If, if I record it in the morning, I'll remember it differently or much, much less or sometimes not at all by the afternoon. And I think that's really interesting, too, like how quickly your memory of dreams can decay. But then other dreams will stick with you for like years and years and years. Just as mm -hmm. an aside, I think that's cool. But this one did not stick with me. It's from May of 2018. And apparently in this dream... I was at work, but then I decided to to leave work to go to Beyonce's wedding. And <laughs> the reason that I went to Beyonce's wedding was because Oprah had begged me to go. And at one point during the wedding, Oprah said she Oprah came up and she was like, oh, Hannah, I didn't think you were going to make it. And I was like, well, Beyonce is like my best friend. What did you expect? And then and then and then Oprah was like, Beyonce is your best friend? Like she was jealous. Yeah, jealous. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that, <laughs> you really made Oprah feel uncomfortable there. You know? Yeah, well, she should have known. We're all friends together. I can't just, you know. <laughs> I remember that one. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. So, Rachel, do you have uh, one that comes to mind? I'm looking back at our, our little dream log right now, and I, I guess we should explain that. We actually have like a spreadsheet where we list out all the all the different submissions that we get from people, and we try to do like a little short description for each one. And then, yes, I'm looking through that right now. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll share one of mine since we're okay. talking about dreams right. here. The one that I remember um, that I saw is, that's just pretty silly, but also like whimsical was I was playing Mario Go-Kart before bed. Remember Mario? You guys guys Mm -hmm. play that? Yeah, Yeah, totally. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So I was playing that before bed, and then I had a dream where I was actually in the game. Like, I was Mm -hmm. actually, like, you know, driving one of those cars through the streets. And so there's, like, Mario to the left of me, you know, Princess to the right. And then, (laughs) like, you got these mushrooms you're throwing and stuff. And so it it was just one of those fun things that it's almost like, before virtual reality came out like it was just like one of those dreams that always makes me smile to have like been able to like be actually in the game it's like ready player one almost (laughs) (laughs) that's super fun that's like yeah that's a great game and that's like sort of um almost like the tetris effect which i think can bleed over into your dreams where it's like if you if you play a game enough especially if it's like a repetitive sort of game like tetris then you'll start visualizing it. Like when I, when I played, I, it used to happen to me with Minesweeper too. I would play a bunch of Minesweeper before bed. And then as I was going to sleep, it would be like I was playing a game of Minesweeper, but in my head, like in my, in my mind. I don't know if it ever translated to dreams, but it was very much in that state between being awake and being asleep. That's all that would be happening in my head. But it's so fun, like the stuff that you wish you could experience when you're awake but you never really can, at least until virtual reality comes out. You can in your dreams. Why don't people like those more? It's yeah, so cool. Yeah, that is the virtual reality <laughs> built in. Um, yeah. I had that too. I had the same, that gamer, uh, what you called it, uh, what was it, Tetris? The Tetris yeah. effect? Yeah, I had that. I was playing Call of Duty, which is not a good game <laughs> to have dreams on. Because it's, uh, if you don't know, it's uh, based off war. This one was based off like World War II. I was fighting Russians and like, or Nazis, I forget. And like, it was just like, you know, the dream was there and I'm in, I'm in ruined buildings and I'm sniping and I'm like, this is not fun. Like, (laughs) I do not want to have this stressful sleep. So I I had to definitely uh, quit for a while. I think like, um, and that happens to me with a, a lot of different stuff, even if it's like a really dramatic show. Like I remember I was watching The Sopranos and Mm. I was really, you know, really into it, you know, I don't know, maybe fifth season. And I started having these crazy dreams. And if you've seen the show, you know, it's pretty crazy, morbid killings, you know, a lot of Mm -hmm. insane stuff. And then my dreams started happening like that. I think I was part of the mob or something. I was swearing. I was, you know, eating sandwiches with Tony Soprano. And it. Yeah. I just had to let that go because it was like <laughs> to stop that show. Because like, you know, it was just seeping too much into my dreams. And, you know, you wake up and, you you know, I was in a weird mood. So, yeah, I definitely had to stop that. It's, yeah. it's interesting that you say that. I, I've also noticed, especially as I've in in the last, year or so with the show been like more consciously trying to remember all my dreams i've noticed my sensitivity to like what i watch and what i listen to and how that impacts my dreams 
And mm. so there are some shows that I've decided to stop watching, like uh, Criminal Minds. <laughs> don't watch that anymore. Yeah. And um, just like cer- certain things I just know, like, oh, yeah, this is going to show up in my dreams at some point. All right. I, you know what? I don't, I can't think of any like overarchingly silly dream that I I have from our backlog, but a lot of my dreams have like really interesting kind of after the fact laughable um, bits to them. Like Hannah, I don't know if you remember the raw meat boys one. That's exactly the one I was going to suggest that you talk about. Oh, really? So yeah, yeah, like there's a lot more to the dream. um, And when did we talk about that? I can't remember which episode that was. If you remember, Hannah, let me know. But um, we have so many dreams. Like this is a great problem to have. (laughs) Yeah, it is a great problem. Yeah, and I think you guys have a good collection of like possible movie scripts or books. Like (laughs) like, all these ideas, you know. I'm sure Raw Meat Boys will be a movie I'm going to watch someday in the future. (laughs) But not before bed. It seems like a horror film. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was a comedy. Raw Meat Boys. Episode seven. Oh, it's episode seven? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it was was a really interesting dream. And it had, like, at the very end, I made this lucid, or semi, I guess, semi lucid decision in the dream where I had some amount of control over what I was doing because I was in this taxi and I was sitting next to these two young boys and one of them just had like a pound or two of raw ground beef that he was carrying around and it was just like really really gross and for some reason that like shook me in the dream enough that I was able or maybe I was close enough to waking up or something I was able to like make a decision like ah, I'm not doing this anymore and I like got out of the taxi and I like changed what I was doing in the dream but but it, and that was one of those things where in the dream perhaps I didn't find it funny but talking about some of the absurd things that that happen in our dreams can be like really funny and amusing after the fact <laughs> it'd be amazing one day for you to actually like, meet someone carrying raw meat and think it's a dream but to act- actually reality <laughs> oh, i have to do a reality check or maybe i might start wondering if i really have pre- premonition dreams maybe mm-hmm. I, I should have seen that coming <laughs> that's funny all right so uh the other thing i want to actually mention um just quickly before we go on to some of the grief stuff is there is some research going on where they're trying to be able to record what you dream at night and so i could see within 10 years this would probably be a thing would you guys want to record all your dreams at night so hannah yes or no yes absolutely yes <laughs> and rachel totally yeah would you guys share those on like social media or would you keep some of those hidden well, yeah exactly like i keep some hidden now like some of them the yeah. sometimes the meaning in your dreams is too transparent to share with the world <laughs> But I definitely would share, yeah, like the weird ones. Man, to go back and look. I'm already addicted to looking at how much REM sleep I got, like from my Fitbit. To be able to go back and actually scroll through what I dreamed would be the coolest thing ever. And uh, a cool thing that is that we're actually not just dreaming in REM, we're dreaming in non-REM too. So there's a lot Mm -hmm. of other dreams that you just don't remember that have occurred. Interesting. All right, so let's uh, let's move on to uh, loss. So this is hence the podcast. And so has either you lost someone? So I'll go with Rachel first, because you mentioned something about your mom. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so my my mom passed away when I was uh, about 15 or 16. She had ovarian cancer and had been uh, fighting it for a couple of years and passed away. And uh, so that really was a quite a quite a life changing loss for me, to, to say the least. Wow. And what was that? What was that like for you to actually go through that? Because I'm guessing that was your first significant loss. Oh, yeah, that was I mean, at least as the first significant loss that I remember, I, I, I think I had lost grandparents. Yeah, I had lost grandparents before that. But um, that was like, I mean, when I look back now, losing a losing a parent is like, it seems to me like it like a completely life and perspective altering kind of thing. Cause I, I, I think at least for me, when I was growing up, like my mom and dad were, were two people that I just never imagined would be gone. Like I, I didn't really have a very strong concept of death yet. I mean, I was, I was a teenager, but so I guess I was approaching adulthood, but still I was pr- pretty young and I, I didn't, I didn't really think much about death or what it would be like to to not not have certain people around and and especially my parents they were like you know part of part of my foundation and so losing uh one of them was really really shook really shook my world and then uh the the circumstances around my family life afterwards were such that I think I spent a lot of time trying to move on quickly. And so it actually took me a really long time to, actually, I'm not even sure if I have come to terms. Like, I don't really know if I fully, you know, grieved. I know it's a, it's a process that goes for probably forever and ever, but like, I feel like I, I kind of pushed a lot of the feelings down for a very long time and, and didn't want to touch them, didn't want to look at them just be, because of the, the circumstances of my family. My my father remarried with uh, a couple of years after my mom passed away. And, and I think I, for whatever reason, I just, I spent a lot of time and energy trying to be okay. Like trying not to be the kid who lost their mom, trying, trying not to, I don't know, appear, I, I appear weak or, or something, you know, what, wherever these beliefs come from that you're not supposed to feel feelings. I, bought into that unfortunately and so it's it's been interesting because now for the second half of my life because it's about half my life ago that I lost her um I've been kind of slowly reconnecting with with memories of her and with with the feeling of losing her and and also at the same time slowly reconnecting with all of my my and her family so so hearing more like I mentioned earlier, hearing more about her from her siblings. And yeah, it's been a really interesting journey, I'd say. Wow. I'm so, you know, like when you're telling that story, I was like tearing up a bit because it's so, that's so sad that you had to go through that and almost like almost forget her in a way. And now, but I'm glad now that you're making an effort to remember her and to and to process some of those feelings because you know they're scary. They're you know grief's a scary thing to go through, and as with dreams, no one teaches us how to do this stuff <laughs> or how to look at it or process it. And so you know, for you, you're trying to do the best thing probably for the family, for the people around you, and you just sort of sort of lost focus on on you. And 
And now it's great that you can focus on you and you have great supports around you that can talk to you and, and, and help you out and, and help you remember some stuff that may be forgot. What are some memories of her that bring a smile to your face or that were, were interesting to you? Well, the one most recent and, and most connected to, to dreams is uh, actually very, very recently, uh, me and Hannah's aunt, Aunt Dini, she, or we, we got our hands on an interview that she had done with her younger sister, my mom, um, when my mom, uh, towards the beginning, like after she had been diagnosed with cancer, my aunt came to stay with us for a week. And I ver- I barely remember this time, even though I was like 14 or something, so I was probably old enough to remember, but I just uh, somehow had lost this memory. And so my Aunt Dini did an interview with my mom and with each of us uh, three younger kids. I have I have three siblings, two two younger siblings and one older. And um, so she just asked each of us a series of questions and she asked mom, my mom some questions, asked about um, her, her treatment and asked about, you know, her goals in life and all these different things. And so it was about an hour of content between between all of us. And so we got to, I, I got to hear myself younger and all like angsty teenager. And I got to hear my little siblings. And I got to hear my mom. So I heard her voice for the first time in many, many years. And and this interview is actually what kind of reminded me and kind of opened up some memories for me around how interested she was in dreams. Because actually in this interview, she made like a joke about some dream she had recently and um, was, was like shared a couple of details real quick. And you could kind of tell that aunt, that our Aunt Dini had heard stories like this before. And she was like, oh, okay, okay, I don't really care. <laughs> And it was it was just so interesting hearing my mom like talking about a dream and, and like hearing her laughing and and it really did again it like opened up other memories and I do I think I said before I don't have any like very specific memories of conversations with my mom about dreams but I do I I, I remember hearing her talk about dreams I remember how like I remember her interest in them. And and that is something that brings a smile to my face and perhaps is another reason for me why this show has been so special to me because it's been um, so dreamy has allowed me an avenue for talking about dreams and it kind of in a way makes me feel connected to my mom. Yeah, I think she would definitely be an avid listener if she was still around today. Your mom. Yeah. And that's, uh, it, it just, it, it's an amazing thing because it, it just makes you feel like it probably, like you said, gave you just, you know, an added, added to your purpose. You know, if your mom was kind of into them and hearing her voice and, and, you know, I can't imagine what that must've been like and just, you know, having that re-enter your life and, you know, all the little nuances, all the little wording and phrases and, uh, just having, it must give you that much more determination that what you're doing is kind of like on a, on a right track. Yeah, I think so. I'm curious because one of the things people love about dreams is that they get to hear their loved one again or see them again. Have you ever had a dream of your mom? Um, I, th- I think I have. And you know what, in preparation for this, for our conversation today, I, uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been, 
trying to remember if, if, like, you know, trying to see if I have any specific dreams that come to mind. I can't think of a single specific one um, with my mom. I know I've had them before, but I, I must not have actually, you know, written them down or recorded them. Um, and it's actually, it's something that I think would be really cool if I, if I could had a, had a dream, have a dream with her. But I, yeah, I can't remember anything specifically right now. Well, I think too, as you said, like as you're opening yourself up to want to remember her and want to remember stories of her, um, these will just be like, like second nature and you'll write it down and you'll remember it. But, you know, I said like back, you know, a couple of years ago, you, you know, like that wasn't really your, your plan was to remember um, this woman because it, it was so such a struggle. So um, there's, there's a lot of uh, dreaming left still in you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited for when you do get one and when you do, you gotta, you gotta come back and share it on, on the podcast. Oh, totally. So I'm, I'm actually curious, Rachel, what dream would you want to have if you could of her? I think I would, I think I would just, I guess I, I don't want to be, this is, this is very on brand, I think for me and Hannah, but I don't want to be too specific or rigid about what, about what <laughs> would happen. I, um, I kind of would just want to see her. I think I would, I would just want to, I guess my, my, my deepest desire would be somehow to, to come away from the dream with the feeling that like, I don't know, she would be proud of me or she misses me or she loves me, you know, like just something that would leave me feeling maybe a little more connected to her. I like that. No, it's nice. And would you want her to be like the age she died at or what age she would be now if she was still living? Ooh. Cool question. <laughs> Um, hmm. I would, you know, I would, uh, I'd be happy to see her at any age, but that is very intriguing. If I could, if I could see her the age she would have been now, that's very interesting. I, but yet, but honestly, really like any, any age. That's good. Okay. That's cool. And then lastly, I always like to ask three questions. <laughs> so the third the uh the next one would be what what would the scene be like because it'd be a dream world so you could be in mars you could be in you know a movie um or you could just be at your dinner table is there like a specific scene you would want it to be at i think i'd want it to be at at home at Mm. just at actually we moved around a lot at one but right now i'm I'm kind of imagining like when i was younger we used to i used to help her make dinner sometimes so like maybe rolling rolling up meatballs Maybe having a conversation over over a bowl of ground beef. Speaking of raw, raw meat boys. The raw, raw meat girls. Got it. <laughs> yeah. That's, really oh, that's, that's incredible. And what I liked about it was uh, you kind of you zeroed in on what was, I think, the most important thing was the feeling, right? Like you, you that's what you're sure about. You're not, you know, you're open to lots of different scenarios and what what's going to happen what's you know what they're going to be dressed as this or that but you definitely want to kind of tap into the feeling which is honestly what you get the most out of these dreams is 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 a kind of like a, a warmth and a feeling and a, a love you know embracing you 
so that's pretty amazing, and and uh, I really hope you get that dream tonight. Thanks. Me too. So Hannah, uh, moving moving forward, um, can you talk about any loss that you've had? Sure. So I have two like really strong sort of the the one the losses that really have stuck with me only one of whom I've had dreams about but uh, that I can remember but um, one was when I was really young like one of my earliest memories is um, when my parents so I'm one of three but between me and my next uh, youngest brother I'm the oldest my parents had a miscarriage at 20 weeks and my earliest memory that I have is them bringing me in to see uh, the baby. His name was Jacob before he was like cremated or whatever. I, I assume that's what happened. And that so that was really sad, obviously, for everybody. And I wasn't really old enough to process it, um, it, it properly um, emotionally. But I do. And so I actually don't remember this, but apparently after that, um, I had like really severe separation anxiety from my parents. Like I think it was still a time of pagers, like my, or at least for my mom, still a time of pagers at that point. So I would stay with my grandparents while my mom was at work and my dad was at work. And um, but I would insist on like calling my mom every so often. And I think it was like I became aware of death way too early. And I just like was always worried that if they weren't around that they would not be coming back like that's sort of how it was described to me i honestly i don't remember that time in my life besides the actual strong memory of seeing jacob but apparently that's what i was like i was just like became a really annoying clingy child after that for a while and then the second one uh was my grandmother who's the one that i would have been staying with most of the time during that time so when i was growing up my uh parents both worked uh nearly full time but we lived really close to my grandparents, my mom's parents, who are the ones that um, Rachel's not related to. And so I would stay with them every day after school. My my grand, both my grandparents were very influential to me, like early in life and and right up until we moved, basically. Obviously, they still we still were close after that, but we were physically they were in Florida and I was in Massachusetts. So we just didn't see each other as often. And my grandma for the last few years of her life was really, really sick. Um, she had like a whole suite of, of different sort of conditions going on at once. And so it was one of those things where when she did pass away, obviously it was really sad, but it was also like a little bit of a relief for everybody, like probably even her. She was really religious up until the end. And so she had a lot of confidence that she was going to be going to heaven. And so she was like, so, you know, sometimes it would be upsetting being around her because she would just like be, be talking about how she essentially couldn't wait to move on and you just you just be like stop talking like that you know but then when it was over and you knew she wasn't in pain anymore you know there was there was grief but there was also just like this sense of relief that then you kind of almost feel guilty about feeling that relief even though you know it's mostly for their sake so that was like that was a tough that was a tough time for for my family oh Gosh. And then only a couple of years after that, my uncle, my mom's brother also passed away really unexpectedly. And so we, that was all, he also lived down in Florida. So we, we went down to Florida like twice in the course of two years and both times it was for a funeral. So it was rough. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, 
you know, those losses are hard and especially, you know, even the miscarriage with Jacob and, and yeah, sorry to hear that. Sorry for your loss. And, um, you know, I, I am, I'm happy. I'm glad that you guys got to experience that as a family together, even though, you know, you were grieving a lot, uh, after that, um, and with your grandmother as well. And, uh, it just reminded me of <laughs> my grandma I used to say things like that on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, my nephew, my nephew's like seven. And uh, my grandmother called him and she said something to him like, grandma's leaving soon. She's dying. And he's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where I don't know, maybe it's they know it's their time or they just, um, you know, they just they they had it. They had enough. I don't know. She was 90 something, you know, she lived her life. Um, And and, and again, after her death, there was definitely you, you get a there's a relief because you're like, okay, well, you know, she's gone, it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, you know, guilt sets in for feeling that way. And, and obviously, and then having another loss in your life with your uncle so soon after, uh, I can imagine how that would be. What was, uh, what was your, your feelings like during that time? What was that grieving process like? You know, it was kind of, what was kind of interesting about my grandma was that it wasn't even just when she was sick. Like I'm remembering back now and she always, she's almost like she was preparing us for it. Like from the time that I was young, like she used to um, give me like some, she, she had like a place where she would hide her most valuable jewelry. And every once in a while, just out of nowhere, she'd be like, Hey, Anna, come look at all this stuff and, and pick out what you, you know, what you like and you can just take it. So I'm not going to need it soon. Like stuff like that. She was like giving her stuff away when she was barely like not even sick yet, just because she was getting older and feeling like she, she thought about death a lot, I think. And so that passed over to us and it wasn't always like in the most, like I said, it wasn't always in the most negative way so um so like not like she was suicidal she just was like i don't know i think like actually that's pretty uncommon in our society to have like sort of a healthy relationship with the idea of death but i think to some degree she sort of did so i felt much more prepared for her loss than for um my uncles and the the tough thing about um my uncle passing away he was a really good guy but he had had like a rough he had a rough like period in his life and he had just gotten past it in the last like decade or two and had finally found someone that he was really happy with and gotten married and I'm very glad that they had the time that they had together but obviously I thought that they had so much more he was he was my mom's younger brother so he was I think he was in his 40s um but but I think what happened was it was complications from it was like complications from a condition that had started earlier in his life when he was kind of like still living harder. Like he was uh, smoking a lot. And I think he had to have open heart surgery when he was very young, like before I was even born um, for like a heart attack. And then a blood clot from that, like went into his brain and over, it was like, he's like, Oh, I found out he's in the hospital. And then like within that day or two, we found out that he had passed away from that. So it was like complications from an earlier time I think it was especially rough on my mom and I think because of that I felt sort of like Rachel some degree of feeling like I had to be strong for her like you know I I was traveling with her to Florida but on both trips and I I wanted her to feel like she could do what she needed to do and 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 grieve and stuff so I was like sort of trying to help her deal with logistics and and just sort of 
be around and not be a burden to her with my own emotions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. I've, I've uh, been through that myself. My father, father had two brothers and both of them died early, uh, mm. you know, forties, fifties. And uh, you, yeah, you, you, you get that feeling you want to, First of all, it, it's tough because you, you you feel like you wish that they got more. You wish that they could get more out of life, and then you know to have them pass early. Anybody pass early is like you know you, you always have that attachment. Like there's just a sadness and a longingness, and 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 it with uh, with our family, like you know the kids, everybody, you know, you want to be strong for your father because you're like, oh, you know, he's lost two young brothers at this young age. And what is he thinking? Am I next? Like, you know, all these thoughts kind of go through your head. And, and so, yeah, I think the primary goal was to try to console, um, you know, my father and even my mom had some brothers who passed away young and going through that is, is very, uh, it's tough. It's tough on a family as a whole. But uh, it, it's you're talking about your grandmother with the jewelry. I thought about my own grandmother. So <laughs> jewelry is big in a uh, Indian culture and especially our culture. Mm-hmm. So that conversation, man, that was happening decades before she <laughs> before she died. Like, how oh, I'm gonna give this to this, uh, you know, daughter, and this daughter's gonna get all my gold bracelets, and this one's gonna get this. And she even used to talk to me and be like, Sean, you know, you gotta. I'm not gonna live very long, and it's like. I, I was hearing this 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to see you get married. <laughs> like, Grandma, this is pressure. Like, come on. Like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't get to fulfill Grandma's last wish, but uh, I'm sure she's cool with that. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, Hannah, I mean, it, it's, it, there's something to that. And, and through those processes, uh, and I think like, you know, again, like, and like Rachel said earlier, I think grieving, you know, does it even stop really at the end? You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it does become a process for all of us, I think. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get into dreams. And, and again, we want to ask you the same question uh, that we asked Rachel. And that was, uh, if you've ever had a dream of anyone that you've lost? I have somewhat recently I had a dream I don't I think we talked about it on the show I don't know what episode though if we didn't I think I've told Rachel about it but I had a dream where I was in a van with my grandparents they always had a van of some kind or another so I think that this whole dream sort of what I remember most vividly about this dream is my grandmother who was in the way back of this van like I was in the middle row she was in the back and um, then there were like more family members in the front I don't know who was driving Um, but she was really urgently trying to tell me something and I wasn't really listening very well like she was basically what she was saying is you know your uncle had to have surgery like she was talking to me about my uncle and in the dream I I thought she was talking about one of my uncles on my dad's side for some reason. I I couldn't like I couldn't understand that she was talking to me about my own uncle or her her son, my my um, mom's brother who I was just telling you about, who had already passed away at this time as well. And so I woke up with this like really strong sense of I just had a like 
still to this day, it's one of the more vivid dreams of a real person that I've ever that I ever remember having. And like, as far as dreams of deceased like loved ones go, I think that's probably the only one I've ever had where if like I could be convinced that she really was there visiting me to warn me about something. And I really think so I, obviously I thought about it a lot and I realized pretty quickly upon waking up that she was probably talking about her son and his own open heart surgery that I told you guys about and I realized that this is like totally a conversation that my grandma and I would have had when she was alive except for the fact that I wasn't understanding what she was saying because she was very like she she was very she could be um, sort of naggy, like like nitpicky and stuff. And I think what she was doing basically was worrying over my own health. Like I just turned 30 recently and I've been on sort of a weight loss journey. And this was sort of before I embarked on that journey. And I think I had some internalized worry or maybe she, wherever she is, had some worry about, the, about my weight because that was part of what contributed to my uncle's early poor health. And so she was like turning up whether she was my grandma or my subconscious representing what my grandma sort of means to me, which is someone who cares about you enough to sort of directly and sometimes rudely tell you what <laughs> what she thinks, um, you know, turned up to be like, hey, you know, if you're not careful, you're going to end up like your uncle or like me and die earlier than you need to. Like that was basically like the eventually after thinking about it for a long time, I feel like that's what she turned up to warn me about. And I sort of really ended up taking that message to heart. Like I said, I've been sort of working on my health in a lot of different ways um, in the last few months. And I do feel like part of that is her visiting me in the stream. That's fascinating. It's like uh, she's coaching you from the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, really amazing dream. And uh, do you, is there anything else you remember? Any any details? Like, um, do you remember the feeling you got uh, when you saw her? I don't think, I think in the context of the dream, I didn't think it was strange that she was there. Uh, like I don't I don't think I I don't think I was like blown away by her being there uh until I woke up later and until like the the feeling that I remember the most is the sort of almost confusion on waking up of why is this particular memory of this particular this particular section of this particular dream so intense that it's sticking with me so much more than anything else and that really driving me to think a lot more about it you know because i i think um i just she felt very familiar in the in the car you know it was just like it was a car full of it was a van full of my family and so obviously she would be there you know there was nothing strange or uncomfortable about it except upon waking up and just not being able to forget her being there specifically like I know she was right next to my grandpa who's still alive but I don't remember him as strongly as I remember her from the dream yeah no that's interesting because I'm trying to think like if you would have recognized that in the dream like oh my oh wait 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 you, you know you passed and then had mm -hmm. that 
that might have shifted the you know the nature of the dream mm-hmm. might have uh you know then you might have asked a different question or like tried to steer it into something else but it seems like you kind of got what you got and uh even that's beautiful um yeah. just one yeah sorry go ahead oh sorry one other thing i i just kind of remembered is that i uh, I what I remember also about the dream is that I was really trying to talk about something else like not like I was trying to change the subject but I had something else on my mind that I was trying to talk to them about and she kept on coming back to this thing with my uncle she like wouldn't let me change the subject so that was also probably would have been different if I had been aware that she was like a, a family member who had passed and maybe I should be like I don't know like engaging with her more more directly it was it was sort of like she was there like insisting to be heard but i was not really registering that she was that that there was anything special about her being there oh, that's so cool i think that's amazing um just off topic what type of van was it <laughs> uh, it was like hmm. a minivan it was like a like you know GMC like a three safari caravan because <laughs> you're like three rows i'm thinking big express van <laughs> I love those vans too. My family always had like Astro, I don't know what it's called, Astro vans and like crazy, you know, just load everybody up into the van and go. <laughs> I don't know what, what kind of van it was, but yeah, it was it was a big one. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's get into the final question that we love to ask. And that is, if you could recreate a dream tonight, what would it be and who would it be of? I think I'd like to dream about my grandma in a more intentional way. I think I would like it to be in her in her house in Florida. I actually dream about their house a lot because of how much time I spent there, which is another thing I love about dreams is being able to go back and visit places that just don't exist in that way anymore. But I, I think I'd be probably with her like in the kitchen and maybe she'd be like, uh, kind of stealing Rachel's flavor here. I didn't even realize, but she spent a lot of time in the kitchen too, and and she was always bringing home like huge bulk bunches of food from Costco, and then telling me like to eat them. Like I ate so many tomatoes and so much bread at her house. So like she'd probably be like feeding me tomatoes and bread, and just like you know t- giving me more dire warnings. Like that's kind of her whole style. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what is, you know, if if, grand, if grandparents can't indulge their grandkids and feed them, then what are they here for? You know, yeah. I, I had the same experience, you know, and, and that that's awesome, too. You know, um, and what, I'm just curious, what part of Florida? Uh, they lived in Boca, Boca Raton. Oh, nice. Very nice. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, so we got grandma's home, which is a real comfortable place, you know, uh, to have a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some tomatoes and <laughs> some bruschetta or something to put those together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tea or coffee. Uh, it, did Grandma have anything particular she wore? I think she liked around the house. She wore a lot of kind of like house dresses, like like almost fifties style, sort of voluminous, flowery type dresses. So right. that well, that we, we we could play cards too. She really 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 liked to play cards together. So, I like that as well. Yeah. What color of dress? I think she wore a lot of, I might be making this up, but I think she wore a lot of blue. Nice. And uh, you guys are playing cards. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. What card game do you guys play? Was it like Euchre? You know, Euchre is a really old timer game. <laughs> 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 Was it Euchre? 
Uh, no, I think she taught us a lot of games. Um, she liked to play like bridge, but usually I think most of the time that we were with her, we were too young. We played a lot of war. Just so simple. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I haven't played that game in forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it kind of makes me really, want to. <laughs> yeah, she was really funny when she played war. She, she, you know, if if you lost, but you gave her like a two, she'd give you a hard time. She'd be like, "Oh, thanks a lot for this two. You know, like she's silly. <laughs> <laughs> Did she get all into it? Like, yeah. You know, when she when she won a, a hand, would she just like celebrate, or was she just like determined? Like, what was her reaction? Yeah, no, she definitely was like, I think playing card games with her and just games. And, you know, actually, this is definitely something that I do now to help me connect with people because I'm not I'm like not always the most sometimes I'm a little like socially awkward. Um, and so I'll, like my husband is, too. So we'll often bring like board games to a party or cards or something so that if there's anyone else who like is not just good at just going up and talking to people, we can all play games together. And I think that was something that she kind of instilled in me because we would often just like sit around the table and play games and and it was like also the only time that she wasn't just like bustling around doing something like she's always you know like I said like cooking in the kitchen or cleaning something or getting ready to go do something like the entire time I knew my grandparents like that I was staying with them they were retired but they had all this community engagement stuff that they were always doing she was very active with her church and with all these like political whatever so so like it was like the only time that I ever really until later on when she couldn't really bustle around anymore it was it was the only time we ever kind of just like sat down and just like did stuff that made us laugh together and she was like i said she could be really silly and i think that she also did um not go easy on us when it came to letting us win or anything like that <laughs> that's cool and no, that's a great memory to have and you know i want to thank you both for you know sharing a little about your loss and about the the people you lost because you know, it brings her memory up and I feel like in a way, you know, I know a little bit about them or I know a little bit about why they're so close to your heart. And I think that's, you know, for me, it's a beautiful feeling to be able to be a part of that and for you to sort of open up and share that. So thank you both for doing what you're doing and also coming on here and uh, opening up. You're welcome thank you. and thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having us. I'm sorry. I think we we're like, who talks first? We don't know. <laughs> and so, um, uh, just as we're wrapping up the show, what I know you guys have a couple episodes on your podcast that talk about grief dreams. Do you have those? Can you shout those out? If you yeah. have, yeah. Do you want me to, Rachel? I have it open. Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay, cool. So, we, I think it comes up every now and then, just like. Um, little bits of it, but the ones that are the most heavy on sort of grief dream content, there are three of them. Um, the first one is episode 14, um, which, oh, episode 14 is the one where I talk about that dream with my grandma. And, you're, um, and that's the one your dad is on with us. I'm pretty sure. Almost okay. positive that's the one where your dad comes on. Episode 14, and then episode 33. We have actually our aunt that that did the interview with Rachel's mom. Um, we have a dream from her about a phone call that she got from her father-in-law just after he passed away in a dream. And then 
episode 41, I believe, is pretty heavy on that stuff because uh, we have a, a call or an email, I can't remember, from, a, from a, a listener where she talks about running into her dad who had passed away in a borders that she was working in. And then um, that's also the episode where Rachel actually plays a clip from the interview that she was um, telling you guys about earlier. The the one uh, where her mom talks about dreams, That the clip from that is in, in that episode 41. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it was episode 14 that your dad came on, and he also talked about his loss uh, regarding the, the miscarriage that your parents had. And your mom, actually. Yeah, and he talked about losing my mom. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. That that sounds like a good episode to check out first. Mm, yeah, episode 14. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, so in total, it was 14, 33, and 41, right, mm-hmm. Hannah? Yes. Yeah. And for the record, I think there's going to be, I know there's going to be more in the future just in general, but specifically, I'm sure that when we get, uh, we have a cousin who has another memory of a dream that involves Rachel's mother um, that we're going to have on at some point during this year. Um, so we'll definitely reach out to you guys to let you know when that episode comes out. Amazing. Um, just before we wrap up and get your handles and everything, I just want to ask a quick question is um, where do you guys see yourself with this podcast in the, in the near future? What do you think, Rachel? Well, I, I see us continuing to maintain this, this space of kind of like a safe and fun space for people to to bring their dreams. I, I think I, I always saw this as, as maybe being a little bit of a slow build. Like it, it would take a, a little time for people to, to learn about us and then for some people to feel comfortable contributing. So I, I see us over time, hopefully attracting more listeners and more contributors and um, also probably having um, more guests this year and 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 hopefully guesting on other people's shows more often this year that as we mentioned at the beginning that's something that we're a little new to that um and so it's been awesome being on your show and then um we're also going to have have you joining us on our show and and so i'd like to do that more Um, so, so that's that's what i envision what about you hannah well one thing that rachel and i have just recently been working on is we're making sort of these Uh, You know, technically they're business cards, but I think of them as sort of like contact cards for dream enthusiasts. So so we're going to both have a bunch of cards that we can just like hang on to that because what I found is you never know when you're going to find out that someone you're talking to is a dream person, like someone who likes to who might want to contribute to the show um, or listen to it. So we're making cards that have like all of the ways that you can contact us on the back of them so that if we do happen, if and when we happen to run into people in our lives who like to talk about dreams or feel like us, like they wish they could talk about them more, we can be like, here, if you ever feel like it or if you ever wake up and you're like, I wish I could tell someone about this dream, just call this number and you can tell us about it and we'll talk about it on our show. You know, stuff like that. I think uh, I'm not, for me, it's not a priority that the show becomes like a huge hit and a great, amazing moneymaker for us or anything like that. Like, I don't want to be the next serial, but I I would love to continue. It's been really fun and exciting seeing how much of how much of a community we've sort of like 
been brought into or created so far and i'd love to just continue creating a community of people who who just love to come and and engage with each other about their dreams yeah i think it'd be cool for you guys especially if you get a, a website it'd be a, a great thing but like i could see you guys having an app where people can just like in the morning record the dreams and share the ones they want with you almost kind of thing where it's less like it's a almost like a win-win for someone because you say you're trying to encourage people to remember their dreams and talking and is an easy way of doing it in the morning and just be an easy way to just like you know send off to you guys um, if they want to share it and if not they get to keep that that's a great idea like a dream journal yeah. app mm-hmm. yeah well amazing stuff and uh, i like the direction you guys are headed in and you know uh, you guys are doing a lot of things that we are doing as well, which is kind of fostering that uh, space first uh, where people can come and talk about loss, dreams and, and for you guys dreams. And, um, you know, again, the, the everybody has them. Everybody has dreams. So it's not like, you know, it's it's niche niche. You know, you can really talk to the rich person, the poor person, you know, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's pretty amazing. And, you know, again, just uh, the way you guys approached it. I love the fact that, you know, you've got a scientific skeptical mind about about it. And, you're, you know, you're trying to kind of, uh, you know, stay within your own guidelines according to it and do it the way you guys want to do it uh, rather than kind of uh, uh, leading people off track. So that's that's an amazing stuff. Uh, can you guys uh, shout out your website, Instagram, whatever, whatever you have? Sure. Yeah. Um... We can uh, we can be found on Twitter and Instagram at so dreamy snack um, and snack as in ear snack. <laughs> um, so when we first started the show, we were like very much trying to make ear snack be like a, a way that people referred to podcasts, and and we're we're standing by that. It's it's like a snack. It's a snack for your ears. That's so, it um, for your soul. Snack soul. Snack. Yeah. Yeah. A snack Trademark. for the ears and and for the soul. So. <laughs> So dreamy snack, and then uh, we also have an email address, and you can you know write to us, send us dreams, or or just you know say hi, and that's so dreamy snack at gmail.com. And then uh, as Hannah mentioned earlier, we have our our dream hotline, which is three one two six hundred five five three eight, and um, it's really just. We it's just a voicemail. You can leave a voicemail uh, as long as it's three minutes or less there. And then we also have a Facebook group uh, and it's just called So Dreamy. Amazing. Awesome stuff. And, you know, I um, implore our listeners to go ahead and check out your stuff. I think they'll really enjoy the episodes. And yeah, so you can check out our platform at griefdreams.ca for more information on the topic. We had a donation button and there are perks to those who donate. If you have Facebook, you can join the Grief Dreams Facebook group. Uh, You can share your dreams or hear more dreams of others. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Grief Dreams. And the children's book called Dreaming of Al, authored by Joshua, can be found on Amazon. There are tips on how to talk to children about their their dreams uh, at the end. So we'd like to wrap up our show with love and gratitude from us to you.
I have questions. I have introduced myself. You have introduced yourself. This is a very good conversation.